We're so glad you're here. Merry Christmas. Welcome to the Highlands. For those of you who don't know me, my name's Aaron. I'm one of the pastors here. We're thrilled that you're with us. If you're tuning in online, Merry Christmas. Thanks for joining us. We are here to celebrate the story of the birth of Jesus Christ. And it's an amazing story. And it's one that we've heard probably many times. Um, and therefore, it's important that we don't just let it be another story. Because it is a story that you have been invited into. A story that you've been invited into that can uh, profoundly and powerfully change your life. Uh, my daughter, we have two kids, a son named Jonas, who's five, and a daughter named Lainey, who's three, and she's at this age where she's really kind of finding her imagination, and she's really into unicorns, um, which I didn't know this, but unicorns are really in, like right now this year. I went to the hardware store in Maple Plain yesterday to get dog food, and they had a whole setup of unicorn stuff, like uh, I guess it's really in, but my, my daughter uh, loves using her imagination to tell me stories about her unicorn sparkles. And um, one thing we do at bedtime is we'll read books, but one thing I like to do is we go around uh, the circle, the three of us, and I go, let's each tell a story. And my son goes, I don't want to tell a story. Um, I want to sing a song. And at VBS this year, we were teaching them, remember the song, the B-I-B-L-E? Yes, that's the book for me. Um, well, whenever he wants to hear it, he goes, I'd like to sing or hear the BLT song because food, <laughs> food's always on his mind. He's a boy. So we sing the, the BLT song. And then uh, my, we get to my daughter. Do you want to tell us a story? She goes, yes, I do. Once upon a time, Princess Lainey and her unicorn sparkles lived in a castle. And it always starts that way. So we're doing this the last week, and I'm looking at her like, okay, where are we going to go with this? And she goes, um... And Princess Lainey was in the castle, and then there was a big, ugly troll like Daddy that came to the <laughs> castle. And I was like, look at her, like, okay. And, she, and the troll went in the castle and ate all the food. And then I go, and then what? The end. And I said, the lesson, kids, in this story is not that dad is a troll, looks like one, or eats like one. It's that not every story has a good ending. <laughs> you know, let's just hope that the kingdom has enough resources to find more food. But Christmas is, is, is a story with an amazing ending. It's a story we're living in, and it's a story that you and I have been invited into. Today, I want to invite you to make some declarations about Christmas. We're going to hear and read the story of the angels making declarations to a, a group of lowly shepherds, and they identify that the Messiah has come, and they give three titles to Jesus through this declaration. And today I want to invite you, and it might be for the very first time in your life, to hear these declarations and respond to these declarations and say these declarations. 
You know, one of the things we as people are good at is, is protecting ourselves. And often we are good at keeping things, keeping people, keeping problems, keeping even realities and truths at arm's length. We're afraid of like letting our guard down and letting those people or those truths or that love or whatever it might be in like into, our, into the, the depth of our hearts, into the depth of, of our, our realities. But we see in the story of Jesus that Mary is this amazing example at the end of the text I want to read for you, where she like lets down anything that she's kept in this whole story that she's been living, this crazy story of, of birthing the Son of God and allowing it, the reality, the story, the truth, the circumstances, the difficulties, her son become a matter of her heart. In Luke 2, starting in verse 8, it says this, and there were shepherds living out in their fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. We've heard this many times, but Luke, I mean, he's telling this story and he's like, Original readers would have heard this and they would have been like completely surprised that shepherds are, are like the first to hear. They, are, they get to be the messengers. I mean, priests, yes, messengers of God. Holy people, yes, prophets, yes, but not lowly shepherds. And yet Luke and in his gospels and in the Bible, it's story after story of God surprising the most unlikely people and using them and sharing the good news. And maybe you're tuning in online. You don't even know how you got to our stream. Maybe you're here because this is what you do on Christmas Eve. Maybe you saw a sign and you're here or maybe someone invited you and you're here and you're just surprised. What am I doing watching? What am I doing listening? And if you're surprised, look, you're part of a collection of people who God has just continually over and over and over surprised by his presence, his purpose for them. You might not feel like you have purpose. God would never have a purpose for you. And yet here we see right away God uses people who looked, you know, were looked down on to precisely say, that I, use all, I can use all people, even those who don't have a high view of themselves, because I've come for all mankind. And maybe you're surprised, and I want to tell you, if you are, you know, pay attention to that surprise. Maybe you're surprised because something is stirring in you right now. And I want to say, don't be surprised, because that is God doing the stirring we're never going to have that on a Christmas Eve ever again. The, you know, this is it for us in the school. I knew that was going to happen. You know, we're going to, you know, the things that you sort of go, oh, they annoy me. We're going to look back and go, oh, remember when that, the bell went off in the school and then the lights went off? <laughs> you see? You know, it's just, it's, we're going we're gonna to long for the problems when we're in the building and everything's perfect. Verse 9 says, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. All people. 
That means you. You're included in that. It is good news for all people. It doesn't say it is good news for holy people. It does not say that it's good news for religious people. It's saying it's good news for all people. It's good news for sinners. It's good news for saints. It's good news for people who have it all together and people who don't. It's good news for rich people. It's good news for poor people. It's good news for white people. It's good news for black people. It's good news for people from South America to the Middle East. It's good news for all people. You included. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Here is the declaration. The angels declare that Jesus is the Savior the Messiah, and our Lord, all summed up in these three titles. He is the Savior. Savior means healer. Jesus came as our healer. He's come to take what is broken and fix it and make it right. And at the heart of what is broken in our world and in us is sin. It is that separation from God. And it's living lives separated from God. Christmas is like, is, is the story of God just saying like, look, I'm going to go to them. Despite this separation, despite their sin, I will go to them. And I have come to be your savior, your healer. I have come to make things right. So that we can be together the way that it was meant to be. The truth is, because of Jesus, you can be healed. And I don't, I don't know what might be going on. I don't know what might be going on in your life. I don't, I might, I don't know necessarily the pains or the problems that, that may be going on in your life. I don't know the struggles that, we, that you have. But like me the struggles with sin that we have in our lives. But Jesus, Christmas, is about celebrating that he's our savior, that despite our sin, he has come to heal us. Because of Jesus, you can be healed. You can be forgiven. You can be made right with God, and you can know his love. So the first declaration that the angels give the shepherds, and the declaration I want to invite you to declare today is Jesus is my Savior. Next it, said, next it says, he is the Messiah. Messiah means ruler or leader. He will be our leader. He will be our, our, our ruler. But unlike, you know, political rulers who go after power and they're 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 like what's good for them Jesus comes in humility and he comes with our best interest in mind the messiah has come to take what is wrong and make it right and he goes to the cross and humbly lays down his life to make what is wrong right When Jesus comes into our lives, look, he will not leave you unchanged. He is in the business of changing people's lives. And when you allow him to become your Messiah, he will change 
your life and lead you into transformation, a transformation that you will experience that goes all the way to eternity, all the way to heaven. And so tonight, the second declaration the angels make to the shepherds that I'm inviting you to make is that Jesus is my Messiah. And then finally, he is the Lord. Lord was a term for God. Jesus is the Son of God. And Luke, in the Gospel of Luke, has been demonstrating this. That people at the beginning of his book, he says, can know for certain that Jesus is who he said he is, the Son of God. To declare that Jesus is the Son of God is to declare that Jesus is God, that Jesus is who he says he is, the Son of God. It is, it is it, through our declaration that we rightfully put him in the position that he deserves, and that is as God, Lord over all. You can see him as a cool guy, a good friend, a good teacher, a philosopher, a healer. But at the end of the day, you've got to come to terms with what he said about himself, that I'm much more than that, I am the son of God. And the declaration that the angels make to the shepherds is that he is truly the Lord, the Messiah, the, the, our Savior, the son of God. God. And the third declaration I want to invite you to make today is that Jesus is, for you, the Son of God. It goes on in verse 12. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those who his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, and there they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who, were, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. And then verse 19. But Mary treasured up all these things, and pondered them in her heart. I have read this so many times. And I have read verse 19, and I've ended a lot of Christmas stories at verse 19. But until this year, I've never really spent time on reflecting what is happening here. That Mary treasured these things up in her heart. Some, why did Luke include this? It's not by accident. He put it in here for a reason. And I just, I just wonder if it's there because, like, like I said at the beginning, so often it's easy to just sort of protect ourselves and keep hard realities um, at, at, you know, at arm's length, to keep people at arm's length. To keep circumstances at arm's length. To keep like sin at arm's length that we don't want to admit or, or we don't want to deal with. Or unforgiveness at arm's length. And just keep trudging along. Just keep, you know, that's sort of the message we hear. Like, be strong. Keep going. And it's not necessarily that that is a bad message 
But if we're never allowing things to get into our our heart, which the Bible talks about the heart all the time, and it's like, what it means is it's like, it's the deepest part of who we are. It's our will. It's our reality. It, It is truly who we are. And I just, I wonder if this is a moment for Mary where like, she's just, she's gone. I mean, think about what she's gone through. A young teenage girl who's been, who's been asked to, to give birth to the Son of God as a virgin, who's had to worry probably every night about whether or not, you know, uh, the message would get out and, and people would start to form and they would convict her and maybe kill her. And then how is she supposed to tell her boyfriend, Joseph, who she's supposed to marry, that she didn't sleep with somebody else? Like the mechanics don't work out, but hey, you got to trust me here. I know this has never happened, but it's happening. And then she goes and then, and then, and then Joseph is like, I'm on board. God showed up. I'm with you in this, but you know there's still going to be haters who didn't believe. And then they're like, oh, now you got to go travel to your hometown for a census, which look, no planes, no first class, no cars, no electric cars. You get a donkey and you're on foot and you're going through the desert and you're nine months pregnant. I don't know what that's like, but I know there's a lot of women in here who know what that's like. Probably not ideal circumstances. And then finally, you get, you get to where you're going. They're like, sorry, we don't have a place for you, but there's a barn out back. Go ahead and have your baby in there. And yet, everything that God had said and promised to Mary, in this moment in verse 19, had come true. And we, we admire, and I think we should, we admire Mary's strength and her toughness and even her edge, which we should, and her strength. But we should also acknowledge and celebrate her softness here. I just wonder if she'd been putting up, you know, just being strong. And at times when Joseph was weak, being strong for Joseph. When her parents were like, what is going on here, Mary? Why are you doing this? This is such a disaster. You know, her being strong and just having to trust God and putting on a brave face. And yet here in this moment, I wonder if she's just letting it down and letting God in and the reality of what she has just experienced into her heart. Look what God has done. My, both our kids are, are, are adopted and our first adoption was a very challenging road. We had like three failed adoptions leading up to our son, Jonas. And it was just, it was just catastrophic emotionally for us. And I felt like as, as a guy, and guys were good at this, we just put up, you know, we're not going to let the feelings and emotions, you know, sort of stir up. We got to be strong for our wives. And I was like, I, I got to be strong I've got to keep the messaging to my wife. Let's keep going. God has a plan. Like, we we just have to trust. We we, we can't give up. And uh, we didn't. And then one day, my son was born. And we're sitting in a hospital in Florida, and we're, we're holding him. And I am holding him, and I just start, for 
just start to cry. And it was, I think it was the first time my wife saw me cry. And uh, I, but the thing that was different for me was I couldn't stop. And I've never, I haven't had this since, but I literally could not stop crying. Like it just, going. and she's like, what? It got to a point where she said, what's wrong with you? Like, and I go, I think I might be turning into a woman. I don't know here. Like, but is this what it's like? Like, I, I mean, I just, I couldn't, I, and I realized finally that everything I had kept out here, all the difficulties, all the hurt, all the pain, all the brokenness, all the, the changed minds, all the, 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 the struggles, um, it, it, it was coming out. Everything I had been hiding, everything I'd been holding in, finally, I'd let down my arms and it was just coming out. And I, I think there's people here and I think there's people watching that that's what you've been doing with God. You've been holding God out like because of religion. Or you've been holding, you know, people out because the church people have hurt you. Or you can't make sense of everything. Or you don't have every question to every answer. Or God hasn't given you what you asked for. Or he's not responding in the time that, that, that you've wanted him to respond. And so we just, fine, I'll do it on my own. I don't need you. And we keep God out like this. But the Holy Spirit has a way of poking holes. And maybe there's some, maybe you're feeling it in your heart today. That the, if there is a stirring, maybe it's the Holy Spirit inviting you just to, to drop your arms and let God in. You know, uh, Christmas my kids this morning, I, 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 before we left to go start our celebration, which is funny, it's like a two, you know what, Christmas was about one day of the birthday of Jesus, right? And now it's become a whole season, which is sort of interesting. Um, but I, I sat my kids down before we left and I go, look, over the next few days, you're going to get it in a, just too many presents, just so you know. Like, yeah, right. And, and then I go, but here's why we do this. And then I go, what is the answer to what I'm about to tell them? I just asked a question. I've got to answer. Why do we do this? We, and I said, it's because we've been given Jesus. We've been given the, the gift of Christ. And we're responding to that. That's why we're giving gifts. That's why this season is so full of 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 love and joy. It's not about what we can get or give. It's about what Jesus has given, and that is himself. The comedian um, Jim Gaffigan did a bit. I saw it online this last week, and I, I, it made me laugh, but um, he wrote something called, what would, what would Jesus want for his birthday? And he said, you know, it kind of makes you wonder if when Jesus was alive, if he was like one of those people that was really into his birthday. Like my wife is really into her birthday. And like, was Jesus like really into his birthday where like he would, he'd say to like friends, hey, you know, my birthday's coming up <laughs> in a few weeks here. 
And I mean, I don't know, if, if you want to go out into like the woods and cut down a tree and put in your living room, like, I, you know, it might not be a bad idea. <laughs> like, I'd be cool with that. Or maybe go grab some friends and just go sing songs at other people's houses outside. You know, and you, uh, I mean, I got gold when I was born, so the bar's a little high in terms of <laughs> gift giving here. But, you know, I do like gifts. <laughs> and I don't know, you could always think about recreating my birth with little dolls. <laughs> Man, I wish I wrote those jokes. I didn't. Jim Gaffigan <laughs> did. That's why he's so popular. But I laughed because um, he doesn't really teach anything in that. But... Um, it's not about, Jesus' birthday isn't about what we can give to him. It's about what he's given to us. And he came declaring, look, I, I, I want to be your savior, your healer. I want to be your Messiah, the one who saves you, who makes things right in your life. And I'm the son of God who loves you. And I have a plan and purpose for you. That's what he's Offered. You know what he wants for his birthday? He doesn't want what you can give him. He wants you. He wants you. He wants your heart. He wants you to let down your arms and just let him have access to your heart. I'm going to invite you to stand up and I'm going to invite the band up. And I want you to grab your glow stick. And uh, you can take your glow stick and you can break it now. And I want you to put it out in front of you like this. And my, my invitation, and it's not mine, it's, it's his, is I'm, he's inviting you to take this and bring it into your heart as you make these declarations. And you can say these declarations with me. Jesus, you are my Messiah. Jesus, you are my Savior. And Jesus, you are the Son of God. And bring that into your heart. So Lord Jesus, you are our Savior, our Messiah, and you are our Lord. You are the Son of God. And today and, the, and tomorrow and this season is about you and the love you have for us, that you came, that you were born, that you lived, that you died and were resurrected for our healing, our 